Well, we're going to continue our series called Good News for All today. As a church family, we've been studying the gospel of Luke together and we're going to pick up the story today in Luke chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 8 to 20 and the title of this message is Welcome to the Club. This is what it says. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognise him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. I've recently rejoined the local tennis club. I haven't been part of this tennis club for about 10 years and I haven't played tennis. I played it maybe once or twice, but I haven't played it in all that time. Life has got back in the way, but I recently made the decision back in June whether uh, to join the tennis club and I've got to be honest I was a bit apprehensive of joining the club I was a bit nervous I was unsure if I knew if I'd know anybody there and also I was feeling a little bit apprehensive if if they'd welcome me in and I wasn't sure if I'd get a game I didn't know how many people would attend so I wasn't sure if I'd ever get a game if I'd be welcomed in but you know to my amazement I had such a warm welcome when I went back, I seen some very familiar faces who were still part of the club. Some of my old coaches were still there and, and it was just great seeing them, catching up with them. They, they really did give me a warm welcome. Every week I, I play, I have an opportunity to get onto the courts. I'm on there pretty much most of the time, which is fantastic. And, and I'm also a part of the WhatsApp group as well. I've been invited to social events and things like that. And it's just fantastic. There's no greater feeling than being a part of something, than being welcomed in, than being invited into something. Conversely, there's no worse feeling than being left out. I've experienced that in my life and maybe you've experienced that as well, being left out of something. Maybe it was being left out of a friendship group at school. Maybe you've been left out of a sports team or a sports club because maybe you weren't that good. Maybe you've been left out of work for different reasons, groups of friends within the workplace or a social activity. Or maybe you haven't been welcomed at a church before. And I've also experienced that where I have been to a church where it wasn't such a great welcome. I've been to a few, unfortunately. You know, and my prayer is for our church that that wouldn't be your experience. I pray that we'd be such a welcoming church and I thank God that we are. But you know, there's no worse feeling than being unwanted and being pushed out of something. And that's what we see today in today's passage of scripture. We see that there was a group of people at the time of Jesus' birth who were pushed out of society. And that group of people was the shepherds. Now, during the time when, when Jesus lived, whenever a family 
would have a newborn in the family whenever a woman would give birth to a child. It was common if the family had some wealth behind them that they would hire a herald. And that person would go out and herald or announce the birth of their child. And they'd make a really big deal about it, especially if it was the firstborn and it was a son because they would carry on the family name. And it was like a sign of God's blessing upon the family. So the family would announce, uh, would hire a herald to announce the good news that a child was born. And that's what we see here. That's what our God does. God sends the armies of heaven. He sends angels from heaven to herald or to announce the good news that the Son of God has come, that God has come in the flesh. Now, what's interesting is the group of people that God sends the angels to. Think about it. If the Son of God has just been born, you'd think that the announcement would first of all go to royalty, he'd go to government officials, or more than likely, he'd go to religious leaders. But that's not who God chose to announce this amazing news to, first of all. Instead, God sends his angels to a group of shepherds who were out on the hillside in the country at that time. Now, what a lot of us don't realize when it comes to, to shepherds, you know, we see the, the wonderful pictures of the nativity story. We see that the shepherds are there in the story. But one of the things that we, we often don't realize is that shepherds were some of the most disrespected groups of people around at that time. The job of a shepherd was often reserved for slaves because it was such a horrible position. Shepherds were often uneducated people and and according to the religious system, shepherds were always rejected. The religious leaders always thought the shepherds were not good enough for God and they couldn't be made right with God because they couldn't live up to the religious rules and standards of that day. You know, I'm sure that the shepherds always wondered and, and feared where they actually stood with God. I'm sure they felt distant from God. But why would they feel distant? Well, distant? well, I believe it's for a few reasons. I believe the shepherds would have felt distant from God because, first of all, I think they would have felt unworthy. These were like the outcasts of Israel. And like I said, you know, they, they were taught that they, not, they were not good enough for religion, so they're not good enough for God and the reason for this was because they were nomads they were wanderers their job took them on the road they were on the road 24 7 and a shepherd might be away for a few weeks and a few months at a time and so they couldn't come back to the temple and and they were declared ceremonially unclean in other words they weren't right with God because they couldn't perform the religious duties that were required of them because the job kept them on the road not only that, these guys lived with sheep. They were out on the road, so they couldn't stop anywhere to have a wash constantly. You know, these guys, I'm sure, smelled pretty bad. They looked dirty. You know, they, these were guys who, who weren't welcomed into society. But not only were they physically dirty, according to the religious system of that day, according to the religious teachers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, at that time, they would have been considered spiritually unclean as well. Can you imagine how unworthy they felt they probably didn't even want to enter into a temple but you know the truth is many of us still feel like that today you know we can come to church we can put on the face we can lift our hands we can sing the songs we can act and dress like good people but we know deep inside that we've done some bad things we've done some wrong things and, and maybe you were watching this today and you wonder 
how could God ever love me? How could God ever accept me? You know, a common phrase like you, especially in our area here in Wales, in Aberdeen, in Aberhaman is, you know, I wouldn't dare darken the doors of a church. You know, I'd be struck down by lightning. I often hear people say that, you know, many people feel like they can't even come into the house of God because they, for whatever reason, feel unworthy because of what they've done. And that's what the shepherds felt. Another reason that the shepherds were, were, were like this and another feeling I'm sure that they felt was inadequacy. You know, these guys were, were these people were people who were uneducated and, and they never lived up to society's standards. And even worse, I'm sure they compared themselves spiritually and, and they felt inadequate compared to all those around them. You know, one of the biggest rules of that day, religious rules, was to keep the Sabbath. You had to have a day of total rest, but this was impossible for the shepherds. You know, being a shepherd was a 24-7 thing. They had to look after the sheep. They had to protect the sheep. They had to be on watch at all times and caring for the sheep, feeding the sheep at all times. It was impossible for them because of that. For them to take a day off and so they couldn't do everything that they were supposed to they they felt like constant spiritual failures because of that and you know sometimes we can feel like that as well you know we look at other people and we think look how great they are look how amazing they are look how on fire for god these people are these like seem like the holier holier than holy people they seem so close to god they know the bible inside out God is always speaking to them. And I've heard a few people say that. Oh, I'm always hearing the Lord speak to me. And he's speaking to me 24-7. And, and, you know, they're always praying. And their prayers are so lofty. And they sound so spiritual. And, they, you know, they're amazing prayers. And, you know, maybe you think, you know, the last prayer I prayed was, Lord, help me not kill that person who just took my parking space in town. You know, maybe it's like that for you. And you think, yeah, I, I'm so unspiritual. I'm inadequate. And, and when you look at the people around you, especially with, especially with social media, you think, yeah, my life is nowhere near as good as that person's life. But social media is a lie. I do want to say that. But these people, these shepherds, they felt unworthy. They felt inadequate. And, and I'm sure they also felt unloved as well. You know, a lot of shepherds were, were known as thieves. They were thieves. And the sad fact is, even those who weren't thieves, they were considered thieves as well. And they weren't trusted people. And, and you know, fathers wouldn't want their daughters marrying shepherds. And, and even shepherds, if they... They had done something. They couldn't even offer a testimony in the in a court case either because they were so untrusted. They felt incredibly unloved. They were pushed out by everybody. And you know, many people feel like that today. Maybe you're watching this today and you feel like that. Maybe you've had people walk out on you. Maybe you've had people reject you and abandon you. Maybe friends have abandoned you. A loved one's walked out on you. Maybe you can't even look in the mirror because you feel so unloved. You don't even love yourself. You wonder if nobody else loves me, if they don't love me, and if I don't love myself, how on earth could God ever love me? Unworthy, inadequate, and unloved. You know, the bottom line is religion didn't work for the shepherds. It made them feel distant from God. But, you know, religion didn't work for the shepherds, and it doesn't work for you and me as well. You might be wondering, Luke, why are you saying that? You're a pastor. You know, you're a minister of religion. Why on earth are you saying that? You know, the Bible teaches us, and this incredible account here, the nativity teaches us, is that God didn't send Jesus into this world. His one and only son to bring a religion into this world. He sent Jesus into this world to break us free from the rules of religion and to give us something much better. You see, religion 
it reduces Christianity down to a bunch of rules of do this and don't do this. If you do the right thing, then you feel better about yourself. And if you don't do the wrong thing, then I feel great. I am fantastic. I must be a holier person. You know, religious people often say, I'm a good person. I don't swear. I don't drink. I don't smoke. You know, I don't go around with different people at all the time, you know. And, you know, if, if I don't do those things, if I'm a good person compared to everybody else, then I've got the right to look down on everybody who isn't like me, who doesn't behave like me. I'm more religious than you. I obey the law. I read the Bible. I do all these things. And so I can look down on you. You know, it's interesting that what Jesus said about this to the religious people. Matthew 23, 25 to 28. He said this. What a sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law. And you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, First wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. What a sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites. Feel like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. We see there our Savior Jesus said to these religious teachers, he said, You've missed the entire point. Religion didn't work for the shepherds and it doesn't work for you and me either. Why? Because Christianity was never meant to be a religion. It's meant to be a living relationship with the living God. That's what Christianity is, a living relationship with the living God. That's why God sent a person. That's why God sent Jesus Christ, his one and only son. And that is the good news. Well, you might say today, well, if that's good news, if that's a saviour, what does that mean for you and me? How do we apply this to our lives? Well, I love how the Apostle Paul summed this up. This was a guy who was known for being a religious guy. He knew the law inside out, the religious law inside out. But yet he went around killing Christians, persecuting Christians. He was this totally religious guy until he had an encounter with Jesus Christ on the Damascus road and every cha everything changed for him. And he wrote these powerful words in Romans chapter three. And he says this, first of all, in Romans three, verse 20, he said, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Did you catch that? You can't earn acceptance from God by observing the law. You know, this was great news for the shepherds because the shepherds, would have, the Pharisees at that time said that the people at that time would have had to observe 613 different religious laws. You know, many of us struggle with the Ten Commandments. Many of us struggle with just the two commandments, main commandments that Jesus gave. Love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. We struggle with that. But you know, these religious, these shepherds would have had to obey 613 laws. This was impossible for them to do, not only in the natural, because they were sinful people anyway, just like you and me, but also because of their job as well. And you know, the good news is, no matter how much we try, we can never measure up to those standards because it says there, Romans 3.20 again, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. So you might say, why do we have all of these religious laws? Why do we have the law? What is it even there for? Where Paul goes on in verse 20, he says, the law simply shows us how sinful we are. The law shows us how sinful we are and how much we need a savior. 
You know, this is so important for us to grasp today, especially in our culture at our time, because I believe one of the, the errors in our thinking of our day is that many of us think we're good people. We're good people. You know, if I asked you today to type into the comments, do you think you're a good person? I'm sure that you would. You say, yeah, I'm generally a good person. I, I'm not a bad person at all. And especially when we compare ourselves with other people, we think, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You know, we think, yeah, I'm fantastic. I, you know, I'm not in prison. I've never done this, never done that. We think, yeah, I'm not like that person down the road. But you know, we're not comparing ourselves with one another. When we compare ourselves with God's standard and God's perfect law, then the Bible says we're all bad people. The Bible says we all have sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And you know, this is so important for us to grasp. This is important for us to grasp because until we see ourselves as sinners, then we'll never see our need for a saviour. Until we see ourselves as sinners, we'll never see, you'll never see your need for a saviour. When you recognise that we are not good people compared to God and to his standard and to his, what he set out, then we'll say, yeah, oh my goodness, I need a saviour. I need his grace. And when you realise that you need a saviour, you're going to recognise that religion isn't going to save you. Religion isn't going to save you. When you realise I'm a sinner, you won't be looking for salvation in a book of laws or book of rules, but instead you'll be looking for salvation through a person. And that's the great news for us today. 2,000 years ago in a little stable in Bethlehem, in, a, in an animal's trough, there the saviour of the world was born. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God has come. And so you might say today, how, how can I be made right with God? If, if I need a saviour and he's come, how can I be made right? with him well the bible says it's through righteousness comes by faith in jesus alone being right with god comes by putting our trust in him it's not jesus plus religion it's not jesus plus church membership it's not jesus plus giving my money it's not jesus plus doing good deeds it's jesus and nothing else it's only jesus putting our faith in christ alone Paul goes on to say, Romans 3, 22, he says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. This is true for everyone. No matter who you are, what you've done, we all come to Jesus through what he has done. It's only Jesus. There's no other way to heaven. It's by believing in Jesus. There's no other way to be made right with God, only Jesus are we good enough on our own? No. Am I good enough on my own? Not a chance. I know that I'm not and I'm sure you do as well. But because of what Jesus has done, because he came into this world as a babe in a manger, grew up and went to the cross for you and me, he took our sin, all of the wrong things we have done, so we could be made right with God. He took our place. He lived the perfect life that you and I could never live. He became our sin. He died in our place but then he rose again three days later to new life. And because of that, he has made the way possible that if you would put your faith in him, if you would trust him, if you would believe him, the Bible says that God no longer sees you as a sinner. He no longer sees your sin, but he sees you as the righteousness of Christ. Jesus has taken your sin and he has now clothed you with righteousness. You've got a new start in Jesus. And that's why religion didn't work for the shepherds and it doesn't work for you and me. That's why relationship worked for the shepherds 
You know, religion is all about us and our efforts to please God and sort of climb a ladder and get to God and maybe he'll accept us. But relationship is about what God has done. It's resting in what Jesus has done, how Jesus satisfied the debt of our sin. Religion is about what we do or we don't do. Relationship is all about what God has done and his perfect work. I've heard an author say this, Jeff Bethke, he once said this, he said, religion could be spelled do, relationship could be spelled done. It's done. Jesus has done it all. He's made the way possible. He's completed the work. Religion says, I have to work hard in order to please God. Relationship says, I'm already accepted with God because of what Jesus has done. And so I'm going to serve him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to live for him. It's not that I'm going to serve him, follow him and live for him in order to be accepted by him. It's the other way around. I'm accepted. So I want to live for Jesus. And that's a game changer. It was a game changer for the shepherds, game changer for you and me. Why? Because the shepherds, like we do, they felt unworthy, inadequate and in love uh, and unloved. But you know, the angel turned up to this group of people who were outcasts. And he said this, Luke 2, verse 10 to 11, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. There will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. The Savior had come for them, these outcasts, these unlovable people, and he's come for you and me. He's come for the whosoever. This is why this series is called Good News for All. I'm so glad that Luke, the writer of this gospel, put this message in there. It is good news for all. Jesus has come for all of humanity. And so as we come to a conclusion today, no matter who you are, no matter how bad you are, no matter what you've done, how much you felt messed up, how you feel today, the Bible says, Romans 3.22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. This is the good news of the gospel. No matter who you are, the Savior has come. He's come for you. And all he wants today is for you to put your faith in him, to believe in him, believe he died, rose again, and ask him to come into your heart and life. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. You can have that fresh start. You can be made right with God. You're accepted, loved by God. You can be called a child of God. You can have the hope of eternal life. You can know God's incredible blessing, his plans and purposes for your life. Jesus has come. He is the Christ. He is the Savior. He is the Son of God. He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. And today, he wants to welcome you in the club. There's no ex no exclusions. Nobody's left on the outside. He wants to welcome you into his family to be his child. And he's made that way possible through the cross. Amen.